Y'all, I have some news, and it's either very bad news or very good news, depending on how much you like the current cast of this podcast. Basically, Popular Mechanics magazine is finally pulling a Joan Didion and saying goodbye to all that. Leaving New York City and moving, okay, not to Los Angeles, but Easton, Pennsylvania, where Popular Mechanics will join the magazine's bicycling and runner's world to become the Hearst Enthusiast Group. Unfortunately, a lot of us are not going with, which means this podcast is soon to have a bunch of fun new folks on it to give you advice. As for those of us who've been your hosts for the last four years, we hope you've enjoyed listening to our fun facts and silly antics. We've certainly enjoyed recording them. As always, I'm your host, Jacqueline Detweiler, and you're listening to the last episode of the first cast of the most useful podcast ever. So not to be all depressing, but this is the... <laughs> but that's this, what we do now. That's what we do yeah. now. This is the last episode of the most useful podcast ever with the current cast. There will so probably... it's the last good one. <laughs> yeah, we can safely say that. Yeah, I think we can say that. <laughs> all the people you know and love. Yeah. On. So we wanted to talk a little bit about the actual useful things that we've learned while working at Popular Mechanics because we've worked here for a combined 15 years. Is that right? I, I mean, like when people say, yeah. Well, yeah. five years. There's <laughs> yeah. three of us. We worked here five years. Yeah. That's a combined 15 that's years of experience yeah. at Popular Mechanics. And I think we each probably have learned some things. I wonder if we all are going to say something we learned from Roy. Probably. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> so, the most. Yeah. He's the most, yeah. <laughs> he's the most useful popular mechanics employee. He is. He is. Although Alexander George. Yeah. Yeah. Him, take him is this where I admit on the podcast that <laughs> I am engaged to Alexander George? Is it biased. right here? I'm a little biased. We should have a segment where we attack Alex and you defend. And I defend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm engaged to Alexander George. That's definitely the most useful thing I found here. That's not the most useful thing I learned, but definitely. <laughs> a, most, a life partner. A life partner. Yeah. yeah here at Popular Mechanics. And Alex is going to be the editor-in-chief. Alex is going to be the editor-in-chief. That's correct. In whatever correct. format yeah. this new Popular Mechanics takes. Yeah. So he may be on the podcast at some point, but the rest of us will not. Unless I come in and visit him. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a special guest. Special my guest, wife. my <laughs> wife. Yeah. So who wants to go first with what you learned here at Popular Mechanics? You mean besides that if you shake milk over and over, you get butter, right? That, that's, oh, that I didn't even think one, of that yeah. one, but that one is amazing. That yeah. is so, yeah, and that's obviously on the podcast if you want to go listen to it. And yeah. the whip has to be heavy cream, though, to make whipped cream, right? Well, it is heavy cream. Milk? No, no, you don't <laughs> shake. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. You have to shake heavy cream to make the butter. Okay. So, so Kevin, you didn't really learn. If <laughs> Kevin doesn't even know how to do it. Just shaking milk in the you corner. You know, it comes out of a cow originally. That's all I have to say. <laughs> So, okay, so I'll give two because one is just like Roy and I built this kitchen island and I learned a lot of things about woodworking. But I would say the thing that I think I wouldn't have learned just trying to teach myself that stuff was Roy taught me how to basically take a board like from Home Depot or something. They're not perfect most of the time and use a jointer and a planer, which are tools whose names I don't think I even would have known, <laughs> to get a board that has four sides that are all smooth and perpendicular to each other. So that was really cool. Uh-huh. But like a smaller thing, just because I had noticed this, but I didn't know the truth behind it, which drove me crazy, is that Alex actually told me that, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but when you're charging like your phone in your car, it charges incredibly slowly. And sometimes if you're yeah. using like maps, it'll even not charge. You'll like go backwards just yeah. more slowly. <laughs> right. So the built-in like USB slots in a car charge it like it's like half an amp or something it's basically too small to charge a modern smartphone Mm -hmm. like it will but extremely slowly but if you get one that you plug into a cigarette lighter that then like has the slots you know that's like a how would you describe the thing looks like yeah 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 that actually has a lighter with a usb port on it yeah that's smart yeah (laughs) excellent Uh, description peter thank you those slots are higher amperage and so you'll actually charge your phone faster so if you're on the road a lot and you're like using maps or something get one of those and you're phone will stay charged oh nice excellent what else did you learn here roy taught me a good one when we worked on redoing my fireplace a story that never ran in the magazine 
So one side had design on it, one side didn't. And when you're making an angle into a square piece, if you look on the sidewalk and stuff, you'll always see that there's an overcut into a corner piece, like around a tree pit on the sidewalk where they Mm -hmm. try to cut the rectangle out to fit it. The line of cut will continue into the good stuff beyond it. But if you flip it over, then you get less of that because that cut line, because the saw blade, it's radius or whatever, and it makes it cut into the good part on the backside. I'm so Based confused. I'm face, so confused. No yeah, I'm so confused. Yeah, well, you're pushing a tile into a tile saw. You're pushing something. the tile. Okay, I see. And the saw is slowly taking away parts, but for it to cut actually through the surfaces, yeah. because the blade is round, it goes deeper into the tile oh. than it does into the surface. Okay. And so to make a clean cut, you always have to cut beyond the point where you actually want to stop. So if you flip it over, the ugly side... Gotcha. Back. Oh, I see. And so flip way, it over. Yeah. So so. I mean, when, easy, yeah. so Don't worry about it, why. Just flip a tile when over. When, it. Yeah. when you're cutting it, cut it upside down. That's the, that that's the good, takeaway. Yeah. Kevin had another good one in his Jeep story about Whiteout. Oh, yeah. I learned this uh, from Nick Wicks Moreau of Wicks Forge, who's a contributing editor or has been a contributing editor. And a blacksmith. Editor, and a blacksmith. Yeah. So we were making wing nuts. So on a wing nut, right, there's like the two wings and there's the center part that has the hole in it. And we did it in a forge. So we had to flatten those two wings and keep the center unflattened so we could drill a hole through it so we had to mark that somehow and he marked it with whiteout because whiteout is still visible even when the metal like you can put the whiteout on it put the metal in the forge get it superheated and when it's glowing orange you can still see the whiteout it really just burn off. so yeah. cool Wait, so whiteout doesn't burn off i mean i would have guessed wow what's whiteout made i thought you were gonna right. say i thought you were gonna say what's whiteout <laughs> no 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 i mean i know what whiteout is it's like space material that's yeah. amazing so mine are like i feel like all of mine are things that i've tried to do here. Well, so my my main one is the stupid cabinet door that I screwed up. I talked about it so much on this podcast. (laughs) When I first moved in my house, I was like, I work at Popular Mechanics now, so now I have to be handy. Because I came in here as more of like a science background. Definitely not. I'm not handy at all. You are now. I'm handy. Don't let Roy hear you say that. Well, I'm handier, thanks in many parts to Roy. But so I got this idea that I was like, well, I'm going to paint this little cabinet door in my apartment. And I started painting it, realized the hinges were gross, and I decided to take the door off and rehang it. And what I learned is hanging a door is an advanced thing to do, <laughs> and it should not be your first attempt when you get into us. But then because that happened, I have learned so many different things you can do to fix your door if you hang <laughs> it incorrectly, one of which is cutting a number of playing cards into shims so you can shim out, what's it called, the little... The hinge the, mortise. The hinge mortise. I was like, see, clearly didn't learn all of it. <laughs> you can shim that out if you need to using playing cards that are cut into the correct shape. You can also, I learned this by another door in my apartment fell off. No fault of mine. I live in a very old apartment. I guess it was like summer and the wood swelled and the door fell off. And I called my landlord and he had his like guy came up and he was hanging the door and he hung it. And the first time he did it, it didn't close right. And I was like, ah, look, see, you can't do it either. And then he put the door on and he changed it a few different times. And then he used a screw to kind of move to change the angle of the hinge in the mortise. So he didn't screw it into the hinge. He screwed it like so that the head would just touch the hinge and move it. If that makes sense. He like screwed it in at an angle to like move the hinge the direction he needed it to move. And that fixed it. And I was like, (laughs) that is brilliant. And why didn't I think of that the first time? Don't be hard on yourself. That seems tough to come up with. So anyway, that's a thing that I learned indirectly through popular mechanics. Can we do more? Yeah, keep going. Well, the door thing. We've printed a couple times when like books in the magazine and stuff. But if your door swings out and if you want to like try to keep a door open a foot or something like our bathroom door downstairs will just swing open. So we always have to leave it closed. If you take one of the pins out, just oh, bend yeah, it a little bit a with the hammer and put it back in. 
it keeps the door just that's enough tension inside the hinge to keep the door in oh. place where you want it. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. I've wanted to do it every day when the door flies open. But Wait, where do you put the bend? In just in the, any part of the, any I think part. you just hit it with a hammer. Put oh. a little, you know, it needs to be straight enough to fit back in, but just have a little kink in it so that it pushes against the side. Huh. Okay. Cool. And that's all we've learned that's in five all years. But the real thing. Also, save your money. I'll say the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> wait, save your save. Oh, save your money because you <laughs> might get, get laid you off. Might yeah. get laid off. That's a yeah. thing. I was going to say the real things we learned at Popular Mechanics are the friends that we have acquired. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I like you guys. <laughs> it's time for a segment we have never done before, but I feel like is long overdue. Yeah. And it's called Roy Asks Us. Because we ask Roy. A lot of things. And we actually, on this episode, talked about all the things that we've learned here at Popular Mechanics over the last however many years we've been here. And many of the people said things that you taught them. So, yeah. So now we thought, we wondered if you ever had any questions for us. My questions are much more, well, I mean, I think this is relevant, you know, but as a non-digital person, you know, somebody who came out of the analog era using typewriters and notepads and all that stuff, my phone. (laughs) It's <laughs> just the most bedeviling device. Like, uh-huh. It does things. I don't understand it. I mean, it's an iPhone. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten the hang of this thing. And I know just about every person in this office has helped me with it at one time or another. Kev, I know I've asked you to, like, how do I do this? And, you know. Anyway, why is it that phones seem to just at times, here's an easy one. I'm, you know, I'm driving along. I'm using GPS. GPS quits. Just quits. Right then mm. and there. I'm like, okay, now what do I do? You know, I don't have, I didn't have a backup. One of the few times I didn't have like a plan B. I didn't have a backup map. I mean, that's one kind of like easy question. So you yeah. have this thing, you get to rely on it, you let your guard down, and as soon as you let your guard down. Well, it's like the map blowing out the window. This happens with everything. Boom. Right. You know, I think the thing that's weird that like I noticed, like my mom, who's probably about the same age as you, doesn't think about, I think, is that like, in your head, the phone's still a phone, but it's really just a computer now because you wouldn't be surprised if your computer program crashed because that happens all the time. And that's just what's happening on the phone is for whatever reason, it's old, it gets overloaded, you know, you didn't... Uh, Update. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you haven't dealt with computers as often and so you expect your technology to be more reliable than it is. Yeah. And I think that older people don't understand that like sometimes the answer is just like turn it off and turn it back on because it sometimes just gets... A little crazy. Yeah, it sometimes just gets overwhelmed. It's almost like a Mm -hmm. person. Uh, It's strange. Yeah, well, somebody told me something interesting about this phenomenon, and that is when you're in a place, let me see if I've got this right, with a lot of Wi-Fi signals that the phone gets overwhelmed, Mm. like that you have different competing Wi-Fi networks. I think it's when you, not so much when you enter that, but when you exit, And then you start using your phone for whatever, GPS, navigation, something. It's like, it's overwhelmed. It's still trying Mm. to read the previous. Well, that is a thing. If you, so that happens to me here in this building, actually, is I am connected to Hearst Wi-Fi. And then when I go down the escalator and I'm like halfway out the door, it gets confused because the Wi-Fi signal is going down. It knows it should be connected to Hearst Wi-Fi. And that signal's going down, but it isn't low enough that it thinks that it, it should connect up. to yeah. the the okay. ambient signal or whatever. Or and so it's like, well, what do I do? And then it doesn't connect to anything, and then I can't open a website. So yeah. I kind of just know in that case, if that happens, to turn my Wi-Fi off. 
Well, and I have then another, let it connect to the outside. I have oh, another hot tip about this because I don't know about your phone, but my phone sometimes has a hard time finding. Like a lot of times it's in that scenario or also like if I'm coming out of a subway station, if I'm coming from someplace where I didn't have cellular service and then I come out to someplace like I come out of a subway station in the mm-hmm. New York City, I know there's cell service here. My phone has a hard time finding the network again. And so like if I get out of the subway and then I'm trying to get directions to where I'm going or something, it doesn't work because there's no data yet. If you just go turn your phone into airplane mode and then take it off airplane mode, instead of having to like turn your phone all the way off and turn it back on, airplane mode turns off the cellular antenna. So if you put it in airplane mode and then take it out, it forces it to like start its search over fresh oh, it and then it'll connect. I can say- That's a handy tip. As the fiance of our tech editor, Alex George, uh, uh, soon to be editor in chief, which I've finally announced on this podcast, that is his solution all the time. If I can't get Wi-Fi somewhere, I'll be like, what is it? It's not. And I want to throw my phone and I, you didn't see me because you're listening, but uh, I just- <laughs> She waved shake, her hands around I was waving my hands around like a maniac, <laughs> which is what I do. I get very upset. And he's always just like, just put it in airplane mode and then- wait like i mean it's just such an arbitrary number of seconds you're like is it calm down yet i don't know like wait five seconds and then turn it back on and then it usually will work it's crazy have i told you it's amazing to me that people did particularly our job journalism back when there were no i mean i know all jobs must have been harder when there were no computers but now so i watched like all the president's men recently actually for the first time i want to say in the last like six months i've watched it in a long time and i remember they were like looking for somebody's phone number and i was just like why don't they google it of course, they couldn't Google it. That's not how you, you couldn't do that. That wasn't an option. That, that's a good point. I mean, the amount of time that I spent on the phone, uh-huh. we had a research library and it had this thing called the Thomas Register, which now I believe exists digitally. So you wanted to learn all about lawnmowers and you'd attend the trade show and you'd pick up, we would send back from the National Hardware Show six gigantic boxes filled with manufactured literature. We would just go to the press room. There were acres of like manufactured literature. We would just go down the aisle, boop, 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 fill a box, tape it shut, boop, 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 fill another box. And for a year, that was a big chunk of your data. But then you had this library with these volumes, Thomas's Register. So who makes lawnmowers? And you'd look up all the various lawnmowers. Then you'd get on the phone. You'd speak to, you know, somebody in Topeka, could you send me your literature on, oh, well, we don't have next year's literature yet, but we have this and we'll send you this, that, and the other thing. Then it comes in the mail three days later. It was so labor intensive. I mean, that sounds crazy. Stuff like oh that is gosh. so, I mean, it's probably only charming because I never had to do the job you're <laughs> describing, but there's a cookbook store in the East Village that just sells cookbooks. But so they have like historical cookbooks and I was looking at like an international cookbook from probably like the 70s or 80s when international cuisine was not a thing if you didn't live probably here or San Francisco. Right. And in the back, they had a list of every grocery store that sold ethnic ingredients in every city in the country. Oh, wow. Like it was like, so if you're in, yeah, if you're in Dallas, here's where you can go to get those ingredients. But how would you, you know what I mean? Like, well, I guess maybe- You travel. I don't know. Reporters traveled places. I guess. Or maybe you knew an importer or something and just found out everybody that they gave- certain things to, but that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Everything about the business has changed. It's simpler in many respects. I just fired off a memo on this project we're doing. You know, it's a collaborative thing. And I had within minutes, all this historical and background stuff, I could just click and drag, click and drag into the email. And I did in 15 minutes, 
probably would it would have taken me several hours, maybe a day to do mm -hmm. if I had volumes of books and had to look it up or God forbid, you know, photocopy. Oh, the photocopier. <laughs> you know? That is one thing. I have not had to photocopy something as an adult, really. And it's great. No, yeah. it's true. I mean, and photocopiers would jam and they would run out of ink and yeah, you know, oh my gosh. You That's know. crazy. Yeah. And when I was Actually, in college, we had we didn't even have electric typewriters, manual typewriters. You know, you just you know these big, they really look, strong fingers. Really, you you know two <laughs> finger. That's where two finger typists you know, came <laughs> in, like bang, 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 bang. I kind of want a typewriter. Yeah, I kind of want one to like work on. I don't even know what I would write on it. Just like some little thing. And be you like, just I wrote think this it would be satisfying. So I actually wrote my middle school papers. I wrote a an eighth grade paper, which was eight, had to be eight pages long. I wrote an eight page paper on a typewriter. Wow, good for um, you! So yeah, I yeah. and I hated it because you would realize you misspelled a word like uh, half a sentence back, yeah. and then you didn't have you didn't want to run out of your eraser tape. So you'd go back and you'd try to line it up and erase it and type on top uh, of it, yeah. and it would yeah. look terrible. And then you'd scroll back and then it'd be all lumpy. And then well, it it gives you increased appreciation. And you know what? They were trained as secretaries. They called themselves secretaries. Nobody meant it as an offense or whatever. We had a secretary, well, not we, the magazine did. She was the assistant to the editor-in-chief. Her name was Josephine Caronia. Josephine was an old school New York City secretary who could type well over 100 words a minute. That's so many. Oh, my gosh. When Josephine hammered away on a Selectric, it sounded, the first time I heard her, I walked down the hall. I said, what the heck machine is, do we have a teletype or what, what is that? <laughs> and I went down the office and I'm hearing this, da, 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 bang, da, 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 bang, da, 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 bang. <laughs> I'm going like, what the heck? And I, I peek around this corner and there's Josephine, you know, just like hammering away at this Selectric. And I asked her a few days later, you know, like, well, where, you know, she's, I went to secretarial school. You know, this is like, you know, can everybody type 150 words a minute? You know, like, uh, I, you know no, not, not, I, no, 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 I actually can't. feel like it'd be a fun thing to do to have like a who can type more words per minute game in normal life and see who could do it. Well, in so-called rip and read, you know, like newspaper, I never, we actually had these things, CV, uh, no, VDTs, video display terminals by the time I got out of my college newspaper and went to a newspaper. But with a lot of newspaper reporting, you just like poured out the typing and you just ripped it out and took a pencil and you just corrected it. You know, lots of pencil oh. marks and you shot it off the copy, copy. And the, you know, copy guy would run by, pick up your thing and run it over, you know, copying, composing, and then off it goes, you know. I mean, it was primitive but in a way it had its own efficiency yeah mm -hmm. you know it's interesting right like yeah. you don't have to sit there and compose it really in your head you just kind yeah. of well yeah when you actually i mean let I it rip and let the copy department sort it out yeah, yeah. no i feel like our uh, current copy department would be mad about that yeah i know this is i really sound old school but you phoned in stories you went to a pay phone and you phoned in the story from your notes and there was a guy on the other end with a typewriter or you know at the computer and, you know, you just phone it in. Oh, no, hang on. Let me, let me. Oh, okay. You know, I'm going to say this instead. Da, 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 Wait, da, is this where the phrase the really, guy. is this where the phrase he's really phoning it in comes from? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. it also means that it's, you know, it's not really the case. I mean, there are sometimes when you're really working with that or were working with that person on the other end of the phone, but it, it also can mean like, eh, he just phoned it in. Uh -huh, you know, like, yeah, right. it's good. You know, whatever. Like the person doing this work we had a kind of whatever attitude uh -huh. you know 
Well, this is the most I've ever learned from someone asking me a question. Yeah. So maybe we should have had you ask us questions more often. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always say to everybody I've ever worked, I even said this to my kids, you know, I've learned so much more from you than you've ever learned from me, <laughs> which is true, you know, really. You don't always have to learn something like in the sense of like, how do I use my phone? You know, I mean, sometimes it's it's other things that are more, you know, amorphous. It could be. You see how somebody handles a difficulty and you say, well, you know, like that's an admirable thing to have seen. You know what I'm saying? Uh So like you learn those sorts of things. Like interpersonal stuff. Interpersonal, what they call soft skills today. (laughs) Soft skills. Uh, Well, we're we're happy to help, Roy. Oh, well. That's what we're here for. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. The soft skills. Definitely not any actual useful skills. (laughs) Yeah. It's time again for your favorite segment, Habitat Facts. Habitat Facts. Ooh, what does uh, that mean? <laughs> so we're recording this actually first before the rest of the episode. Yeah. So I don't know how many times I've said that we're moving to Easton, Pennsylvania by now. but Probably a lot. Probably a lot it's of still times. happening. It's, we're still all, <laughs> well, I'm moving to Easton, Pennsylvania. Popular Mechanics is moving to Easton, Pennsylvania. But, but uh, Kevin and Eleanor Kevin are Kevin and Eleanor are not. Yeah, and we're this, staying behind. None of us are going to be on this podcast anymore. Yeah. So we asked Eleanor to come up with facts about my new habitat, Easton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> what are your facts? It's, these are my last facts, you guys. I've done like 45 you, facts. Did you count? Really? Is that really yeah. how many facts? Yeah. You have done an incredible job as yeah. uh, oh, as the fact editor. It's been a pleasure. As the fact producer yeah. <laughs> at the most useful podcast ever. I can't believe there's been 45. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot. We've Jeez. liked it. Yeah. We've enjoyed it. So have I. What and was your favorite facts? Definitely mustache facts. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that was my great. favorite. That was great. Yeah. 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 Okay. But um, these are also great. Okay. Eastern Pennsylvania. Population 27,000. Soon to be 27,001. Two. I'm bringing my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the home of Lafayette College. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. It's up on a hill. Yes. Very oh. pretty. Very picturesque. We should say we all went out to Easton. Uh, on the like, coldest day of the year. On the coldest day of the year. I think yeah. it was 11 degrees. And it was still, like, it was nice. Cold. Cold. Yeah. Nice. Easton's center square, which is a circle. I keep calling it the square, <laughs> and, ever, and I'm like, but it's a circle, though. <laughs> it hosted one of three public readings of the Declaration of Independence. What? Wow. Yes. Way back when. Uh-huh. One of the signers it was from Easton. I Wait, did not write down his was, name. It wasn't John Hancock. No, it was not, a, fam- it was not, it was not a famous one. It was not one well, you would know. Yeah, okay. But other famous people from Easton... This one I was excited about. You guys know the webcomic XKCD? Yeah. Yeah. Randall Monroe is from Easton. Really? What? Yeah. Wow. I know. That's cool. Where is he now? Not Easton. Somewhere else. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. What else? Another famous person, Larry Holmes, the Easton assassin. Boxer. I knew about this. Yeah. yeah. They have Apparently there's a boxing gym. And somebody said he owns a lot of real estate there, I think. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like he's like bought up his whole hometown. Huh. Well, cool. we're not renting from him. So. He's probably I mean, a not that terrifying we landlord. I say not that we wouldn't, but we happen to not be. So, yeah. And my last fact, this is something for you to look forward to. Okay. Every October, the first weekend in October, Easton hosts the Easton Garlic Festival. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Hey, I love garlic. Yeah. I, uh, I will do that. And then I just won't kiss my fiance for some time. <laughs> Jackie, what are you curious about with your new habitat? What are you wondering um apparently there is a twice weekly farmer's market in Mm. the square circle the circle square (laughs) and i actually think it's going to be pretty great because pennsylvania's farm country and so one time when we went there they had these fruits called jujubes these like dried jujubes and i'd never even seen those before i did not know that was a fruit 
and we ate them and they were very good. And I just kind of want to know like what they've got. Also, <laughs> we actually live, our new apartment is on the Circle Square. Nice. Which I'm going to from now on call, call the, the Circle, Circle Square. Square. Yeah. So it's going to be cool to be able to just walk downstairs and get a bunch of vegetables yeah. and bring them back up. That's a yeah. big plan I have. That's So that's, I'm curious because I've been told by many people that this is this crazy farmer's market, but it's a small town, so how crazy could it be? But I, I'm excited to see what it's like. They like last mentioned words. Yeah. the jujubes multiple times. They really sucked you in. Because I am 35 years old and I do not encounter fruits that I've never seen before very often. That's a fair point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or not, not necessarily never seen, but like never even heard of, especially like in your own country. Anyway, so I was excited about the Juju Bees because I've never seen my, you know, I was not expecting Eastern Pennsylvania to suddenly yeah. enlighten me as to a new fruit. And it did. Yeah. I guess I should also say that Popular Mechanics' new habitat is going to be in a renovated bowling alley. That's right. Which is pretty cool. With Runner's World and Bicycling Magazine, right. which Runner's are Bicycling. also heading out there. And Roy is still going to be there. Yeah. And uh, as I've already mentioned, this podcast may be continuing with mm-hmm. some folks who are working around there in that capacity. So, Yeah. That's been Habitat Facts. Hi, y'all. Aw. Aw, Eleanor. I would like to introduce the new editor-in-chief of Popular Mechanics, who is a frequent guest on our podcast. Guys, we're acquainted with celebrity here yeah. at Moop. We anoint I really this... feel bigger because I know this man. Me too. Yeah. Uh, how much longer is this going to last? I need to be back at my desk. <laughs> Can you guys wrap this Can up, Can we please? wrap it up? <laughs> no, we want to know. So you're the new editor-in-chief of Popular Mechanics starting like, what, a month ago or something Did we like actually that? say his name? Alexander Thomas Oscar George. Long-time listeners will be familiar with this. Exactly. You'll be familiar with our tech editor, Alexander George. And receiver of harassment about my desk organization. That's true. We do harass yeah. you about your desk. I can't wait to see what your desk is going to look like in a big fancy office because it's going to be like a big fancy office with just like nothing in it. Oh, <laughs> see, like man. a paperweight and like a, a fan in like a weird like <laughs> just something. Just me and a Elizabeth Holmes turtleneck. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. So what are your plans? First of all, tell us what's happening with Popular Mechanics. So... As we learned a couple of months ago, the office is moving headquarters from here in New York City to Easton, Pennsylvania. It's about two hours southwest of here, down right on the border in New Jersey. Uh, and the plan is we're building a – it bought a former bowling alley in this town. Yeah. And it's going to be converted into this headquarters. We're going to share the offices with another Hearst company, Bicycling Magazine and Runner's World Magazine. Ooh. Uh, so like pl- a lot of free running shoes. Sister enthusiast brands? Yeah, I think the peer pressure to – exercise will be very high, which I think would be probably good. <laughs> That's yeah. good, um, yeah. But the vision is that if we're going to have this big glass workshop basically facing the street where we're going to have, you know, kind of like like Roy in a terrarium there welding <laughs> and hammering away. Well, he's been stuff. shipping like want... all of our stuff from here out there. That's the plan, yeah. I think I mean, we're donating a whole bunch of tools that we have for the upcoming June issue, which is this tool awards thing, which I can talk about. But uh, yeah, it's to set up a workshop out there to test tools and do build projects with a little bit more space than we have here. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty big change. And part of that is uh, losing you guys. And uh, you know, you guys make this podcast. So I can't imagine doing it again, you know, in the same way. We're not going to have a a moop without you guys. We'll yeah. do something different in the future, but you know, I don't want to. Yeah, I think you guys have a legacy. Moop, from what I understand, from some people who have been talking about what will become of moop in the future, it's going to be like Saved by the Bell, the college years, mm. the whole new mm. cast of of <laughs> characters. <laughs> yeah, um, same, same same idea, but uh, same charming banter, new cast of characters. Exactly. Yeah. So we hope you will come back and listen. But this is the end for Kevin and I. 
Maybe we'll come by one day yeah. and we'll be guests. Make cameo appearances. Like uh, Cameron yeah. Johnson was sometimes a yeah. guest on this. <laughs> Call them we... up, mail them some fruit. Yeah, I great. demand someone mail me a banana with no envelope. Oh, I want the potato. <laughs> yeah. So what's actually happening to the magazine? Are you doing anything cool? Are you changing it? Yeah, I mean, we'll update stuff here and there. I think it'll be more, you know, we'll concentrate on the stuff that we do really well. And so, you know, we're going to still have a lot of the things that I came here loving, uh, you know, build projects for cool things you can do. Um, just helpful advice, learning how to do new skills, keep building that out. I think Ezra Dyer is still going to do our car coverage and, you know, helpful stuff like trying to think about what we have him doing in uh, an upcoming issue, you know, doing crazy things for us there. James Lynch is still going to be our outdoor gear editor and going on kind of dumb adventures. Uh, <laughs> like Ezra like goes that. on the yeah. cool adventures and James, James goes, goes on, on the, the dumb, dumb adventures. adventures. <laughs> well, he d- I mean, James is, <laughs> dumb is not the right word. It's the kind of semi-jackassy things. Like J- the boosted board yeah. trip to Philadelphia from New York City, like that kind of stuff. He yeah. is. He's down for a lot. He's very game. Yeah. yeah. So are you still going to be the IT guy slash tech editor or are you, you have to outsource that, that opportunistically yeah. yeah no I, I still love that world i still love like consumer technology and um you know the stuff that's been doing i've been watching these videos and the this samsung folding phone has been going out to reviewers lately and there's a little part of me that's like oh man well you know, it, it has, i want to unbox that i mean <laughs> have sat by ryan's office for the last like two years and it does seem like one of the chief advantages of being editor-in-chief is that you can call in the best stuff and they'll send it to you. Because you're like, I'm in charge of this whole publication. Excuse me, I'm sure. the editor-in-chief. Uh, see my email signature, As please? you can see, yeah. I am the chief editor here, so. Yeah. You know, it's funny, though. I mean, we've, we've all kind of been through this. Like, the more time you spend around all these things and see them, like, the less allure they have. This is all these toys that I would have, like, asked for for Christmas when I was, like, 12 years old. But uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this phase where you uh, – you, know, you don't feel like you have to keep up with this technology product cycle, which can be kind of exhausting. And we can, uh, you know, I can think about what stuff I like to read and what, you know, everything that we've been doing that I love and want to continue. So, yeah, it'll be like here and there we'll be covering that world a little bit more. But um, you can always put yeah. a product review in your editor's letter. I think that'd be funny. Yeah. Like, this not... month you're like, I wanted to review this phone. This is what I used to do. Yeah. It should be editor's review. They're yeah. Editor's letter. review. Letter. I actually yeah. was going to ask because I've always thought this is seems really hard. And we've seen your first editor's letter. It hasn't published yet, so yeah. you don't have to spoil that. But I'm curious where you think editor's letter ideas will come from, because it's always been very mysterious to me. Oh, it's so that was one of the most painful things I've ever had to write. It's, it <laughs> felt like you're in high school and you have to write like a personal essay, and you're like, "Is this interesting to anybody except me?" So, but I've had I had some help from my colleague Ross who helped me edit it a bit. It's actually been kind of useful because I don't know, like probably for you guys too. Like since working here, you start to look around at things a little bit differently. Like you kind of ask. You know, you think about a project that you're doing and you're like, okay, well, you have some lessons that you learned from, you know, people like Roy or, you know, from working with you guys too. So it's actually been helpful to just, you know, you think about like, okay, I have to write something this month. I have to talk about something that's kind of in this world that I'm doing. And, you know, that'll get me from uh, thinking like, oh, man, I really should change the oil on some car or something like that that I've gotten. You actually get around to it as opposed to, yeah. Right. I have to tell oh, everybody I, like that. That I did it's it. It's a good yeah. strategy. I mean, it's yeah. a little bit it's a like good the fear device. of shame. Like, yeah. of if, you know, not having something cool, you know, on brand enough to write about. <laughs> like you have to, you have to live your, you have to live your truth. Kind of. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'm wearing like, you know, the Jay Leno, like denim shirt right now. <laughs> and like, I feel like I have to be, you know, I don't think I'll wear blazers too much more. Yeah. Uh, well, we're all excited to see what you do, uh, yeah. and I'll be around seeing what you do because I'm moving to Easton with you, as we have mentioned on this. This is like a fun Easter egg for if you've been listening to the podcast that Alex and I are 
in fact engaged. I hope so. we have like fans who are going to go back and like look for little clues. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Between weeks for Game of Thrones releases, yeah. <laughs> trace back yeah. in the archives. Go listen to all of our old podcasts. And uh, we do hope that you will continue listening and continue checking out the magazine because it does still have a lot of our fingerprint on it. And uh, it's a great magazine. It's going to be awesome. Congratulations, Alex. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, Godspeed. For our final testing table, oh. it's amazing that this is actually our final testing table. Yeah. We're going to rub cream all over ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, told Peter me what I'm going to show you the name of this cream just briefly, and then I want you to tell me what you think it's called. Okay, ready? Warning Embro cream? I couldn't even see it. You were so well, fast. He said warning Embro cream. Yeah. Okay. So I got what... half a second to look at this. Well, that's... Go ahead and tell him why. Okay, I'll, it was I'll embryo, Is it embryo cream? Uh, yes. Yeah, so well, we no, thought it was embryo cream. It's not cream. embryo oh. cream, thank God. What had happened was... There was a bunch of creams on the free table. I just still don't know who the giant office cream donor is, but there were like six creams. There were like scented creams. Didn't you take like a balsam and fur one or some sort yeah, of crazy it was like one? Yeah, it was like for rough hands after a hard day's work. And I <laughs> took a... whatever we do. Or, yeah. <laughs> I took like a healing whatever. I don't even know what the company is, but like a healing gold bond cream or something like that. Mine was from Duluth Trading Company, though, which I like, so Ooh. I'm mentioning them by name. Nice. And so there were three creams on there that are from Castelli, which is a bike gear company. I know that because Matt Allen once hooked me up with a bunch of Castelli stuff for an article I did on gravel biking in the magazine, which I think you edited. Yeah, it was very cool. Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. So there are three creams, and I didn't realize there were three because the embryo cream was far away (laughs) from the other two. And it's actually warming embryo cream is what it is. But I thought it said embryo cream, and I was like, oh, is it like a face mask? Like, so much better. It sounds like a Korean, you know. You when see they, like, embryo say, cream, and you think, I should probably slather that on my face. But, okay, K-beauty is a thing right now, and they, they're all like snail cream. I and, have like, seen the, the snail crazy... mask things, which are very weird. So I was like, maybe it's like snail embryos or something. I don't know what, I don't know. So I looked at, once we figured out that it was not embryo cream, I looked up embryo cream. And embryo cream is a cyclist thing. That if it's cold outside and you don't want to wear tights or it's like not oh. cold enough for tights or warmers or whatever, you rub this, which is basically spicy pepper cream, on your legs and it brings blood to the surface of your legs, which is called embrocation, which is what embro is short for. And then your legs stay warm for your ride. So would it also kind of work like Icy Hot? And I thought that and I don't know, but we're <laughs> going to find out. I love Icy Hot. Yeah. So here's the other thing. There's all these other creams. So you have chamois dry lube. Which is chamois? That, is that chamois? Is it really pronounced C-H-A-M-O-I-S? chamois? Yeah, chamois. Like a chamois. chamois cloth? I yeah. never Ooh. knew that. <laughs> I learned things to the very I end. I thought the shamwow was like a a joke on chamois or some sort of. Thing. I don't know. I've only ever heard it called a chamois towel. Like a... Wow. Okay. Well, apparently this Roy. is for your your sensitive bits. <laughs> Who's gonna take Kevin? Has you take that natural one. <laughs> tea tree oil. You can put it on your maybe put it under your armpit or something. <laughs> Uses natural tea tree oil to lessen friction and calm the skin, allowing you to focus on your cadence and not <laughs> spending your ride shifting around trying to alleviate irritation. Okay? Can we just, why don't we give like Henry the one that's not for that, but tell him it is. The Embro cream. And then well, so then the, the when I was reading goes. about Embro creams, they were like, uh, definitely don't confuse it with yeah. your. The old frat house classic. Right, exactly. Like, ooh, ah, and then you're running around. You know, screaming. Embryo well, cream. It's great for the private bits. Yeah. Someone, there should be that warning on Dr. Bronner's, I've heard. <laughs> because that stuff is, has, has peppermint in it. Yeah, it's uh, it's an intense. Oh, and you don't want to. It's a mistake. Yeah, the old. <laughs> it's a mistake. Uh, you don't want the old peppermint balls. You don't want that. <laughs> and so then they also have the foul weather cream, which is a like a shield, I guess, against weather. Now, what does that mean? It's like a Rain-X? Right, I think it's like Rain-X for your legs. 
The problem I have with all these well, is... Well, you're on a bike. You're not using an umbrella. I'm... I just mean, tonight's supposed to rain. We could try it. Oh. We should. Oh, yeah, we should. <laughs> on our way to the party. So I'm a runner. What, what We've party? all done some <laughs> extreme sports together, together. actually, uh-huh. on, have. for this podcast. And the thing, sort I feel of. like the most apt description of cyclists is like people who need three different creams to go outside in any kind of weather. Like, why do you need three creams? Put pants on or but just this deal is with also cold just legs. good marketing or catching somebody who's a sucker. Okay, so playing devil's advocate or cyclist advocate. Uh-huh. Um, if you're Same thing. If you're trying to race really fast, you can't just put on a bunch of layers though, right? Because uh, okay. it'll slow you down. Right, sure. So that, right. that would be the, that'd if be the argument. Actually, I mean, sure. If you're if, like in a race in bad weather. Right. If you're actually like an Olympic hopeful, like you can have all the creams you want. If, if your trainer rubs this on you, you can use it. If exactly. There you go. Thank okay. you. That's a good, exactly. cool. good rule of thumb. And that's how I feel about it is like if you're just a recreational a person, cyclist, yeah. like you don't need to buy these. Anyway. I shouldn't be saying this because we haven't tried them yet. Sure, they might awesome. be the best. Do you want to try your? Do you want to try your chamois lube? Yeah, this just sounds like you should use it. To, chamois dry lube sounds like it'll. I'm giving you the Embro cream. Okay, is that the? We're wait, all gonna try. All I think, guess we'll all right? try should them we, all. Yeah. Should we, where should we put it on our leg? Sure. Okay, I'm gonna make like three sections of my leg here. But how are we testing this just to see how it feels? We're not testing any sort of protection. Just I, how lubricated. Well, the Embro cream you should feel. Right, that's the knot in the bits. Yeah, I guess. Uh, this says rinse hands before applying, so contact wearers, beware. Oh. oh, yeah, definitely don't touch your face or anything after that. Contains 80% natural ingredients. The rest. Huh. Anti-friction. Okay, this is foul weather cream. Actually, this will be really funny because I want to see if where I put the foul weather cream stays dry when it rains How later. are you going to keep track of your sections? Okay, I'm putting foul weather cream on the top. Ew. Feels like lotion. I think mine is the best. I haven't even tried it yet. Should I have, Did you say maybe feels like lotion? Water Isn't it. it lotion? What? It is lotion. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. I thought it would feel. It feels silicone-y. Kevin didn't wash his hands before applying, or is it wash your hands after, after. applying? Oh, I thought you said before. Kevin didn't wash his hands. This uh, smells like um. This is an Italian. Oh, here we go. Barrier against water, wind, and non-petroleum natural plant-based ingredients. Mine's only 57%. Oh, glycerin and coconut. It's basically like coconut oil and glycerin. It's just like lotion. This one isn't getting that hot, but it smells pretty good. I wonder if activity would warm this up. Okay. Oh, yeah. The scent is nice. Yeah. All All right. right. How do we pass clockwise? Oh, clockwise. Okay, great. Just remember where you put put what? It's going to be harder and harder to get the tops off. Ooh. The chamois lube or whatever is like much softer, I guess. It, it's like more white and less, less Vaseline-y. Yeah. Well, that's because that's the quick dry stuff, right? It's the anti-friction. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Kevin's, Kevin's not safe lube it smells good. Yeah. Oh, see, it that actually feels smells pa- like icy hot. Yeah. Or like a, uh, like a. This the dry lube. It actually like feels dry now. You know what I mean? It feels like powdery almost. I can't tell if my hands being gross. Yeah, there's a little. The weather lube feels feels slimy still. Like it's protecting me from the elements. And the dry lube feels like I put powder on. Weather lube feels like you're waxing your skin, kind of like you're waxing a car. You're leaving a a film, right? Like a Rain-X. Oh yeah, it looks greasy. Mm -hmm. The weather lube, weather cream. I think so far the weather cream smells best. Maybe I don't know. All right, let's try this. I'm afraid of the embro cream. Well, the problem is now that I have that I first have one smells cream. so strong. I don't know if I can smell the other. Right, you can't smell the. Oh wow, it's it's like super pepperminty. 
Ooh, my skin glistens with the foul weather cream. I do like the the dry lube, the chamois. Yeah, yeah it's kind of, I like the the chamois for sure. The dry lube. All right, let's see what happens with my hot leg. Right, I don't and feel does any heat. Kevin, it doesn't. I don't feel any heat either. But I wonder if activity would. Do you think activity would jump up and down? We could. Just <laughs> <laughs> my feet on the floor. It's like when Kevin learned to jump rope in here. Which I have to confess, I'm still not very good at. That video is the best thing we've done. That probably is the best thing we've done. <laughs> Five years here. That's I, the as best. somebody who has jumped rope with Kevin in the gym. He really is not great at jumping. I'm not good at jumping rope. <laughs> yeah, I don't you even are. Know. Like you just like it, it like hits your foot or something, and then you just stop. Well, isn't that how you're bad at it? Yeah, is, guess, are there other ways to be bad at it? Know. I don't even know what. I think I'm generally like a pretty coordinated person. Yeah. Something about that, I just don't. I don't know. I can't get the rhythm and keep it. So, does anyone's leg feel hot? A little bit. I, I think it actually did warm air. up after we stomped our feet. Really? I mean, maybe it was just time, but. Yeah. Okay, so my my. We got slimy and dry, and it feels a little icy hotty. A little bit. Feels like much. icy hot kind of. I do yeah. think the dry lube side is like slickest. Um, I'm picking you, up. You think the dry lube is slickest? Oh really? I think the look at how like shiny my arm looks from the. Oh, you did it on your but arm. Like, That's run, smart. But like run your hand people. over it. I just feel like the skin on the dry lube side just feels like I don't know a marble would roll down it the fastest. <laughs> like smooth. It's definitely smoother. <laughs> yeah. Like it's that. not yeah. like sl- slimy. Well, because it all it uh, probably is like a dry lubricant when you spray yeah. that into a hinge or something. Yeah. So these are uh, about twenty bucks a piece, which is a lot for a little. It's like a tube the size of. That lotion is expensive. Although know. this is only three ounces, three point four. Yeah, three point four ounces, which means you can't take it on a plane. Uh, they do. Do they enforce that? Anymore? Oh, it is warm. Yeah, it's warming up. Okay. It took a while though. Icy hot lets you know right away. It does. What if our legs get really hot? Like, what if we're like super hot? We're all like in the bar later. For, we're actually having our going one of our going away parties today for Maybe. popular mechanics. What party? What, sorry, what party we're we talking about? Okay, my leg is really—it's icy hotting right now. Is it? Yeah, I like it. Really hot? Mine's not that bad. It's not really hot. I mean, it's it's just, it feels warmer. nice. Yeah. I think I was trying to blow air on it too. If I just fan some air on it to, because you know you do that with icy hot yeah, patch, yeah, you really is, feel yeah. it. So what do you think? Would you buy any of these? I'm a lotion man. <laughs> I'm a lotion man. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> go, please. We go didn't on. know that about you. It took us a hundred episodes to find <laughs> out. I don't want the uh, like the icy hot one because just use icy hot. Yeah, use a patch. I like the dry lube, but I don't think I need anti-friction in my life. I need moisturizing in my life. And right. So none of these are there. And it's like going to the gym, being anti-friction probably wouldn't help me. What was the normal one? There's uh, the Rain-X sort of situation. Oh, the foul yeah. Weather. And that's just weird for me. It's silly. <laughs> no, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I feel like if I were going to run in the rain a lot, maybe I'd try the foul weather. But like, no. the um... But a light rain's not going to bother you, whether right. you have this on or not. And a right. heavy rain... It's going to bother you whether you have this on okay. or not. And mostly what bothers me about rain is when it gets in your eyes anyway. I don't really care about anything yeah. else in my body. The chamois, like the dry lube, I think, so when I did the ma- I did the marathon, as you know, and there are parts of your body, like sometimes you have like your arm, like I don't like to wear certain tank tops because if your arm rubs against your like side for that for a long time. Touch? Yeah. Right. Like you, and you have to make sure you're wearing the right shirt or you can really, it cut you, you'll have terrible chafing. Like everywhere, right? Like you can get it. You can get it like, anywhere. Yeah. I, mean, like, okay. I actually... Yeah, gestures anywhere that, on anywhere that's rubbing. Anywhere yeah. that rubs. So like people that, bleed, right? You will bleed. So like there and were I jokes have. about guys' nipples bleeding yeah. for not yeah. doing that. So that actually does seem useful. Yeah. And the Embro cream feels cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I certainly wouldn't buy all three. <laughs> be a fun secret yeah. that you had on and nobody knew about. You exactly. You tingly all day. Well, there was an article. Like, I don't know if it was like The Cut or one of these like women's cool beauty hacks sorts of websites. 
And uh, it was talking about like, oh, do you have a cute outfit that you want to wear, but you don't want to wear tights with it because it'll ruin it. Like you could wear this Embro cream oh, on your legs to keep your legs warm. Yeah. And then your legs don't feel cold. <laughs> I do it's sort like of, secret. I wonder if this, how long it'll last. Like, do you think it lasts longer than Icy Hot? Because Icy Hot's cheaper, right? But also, I mean, it's also what designed you, for a different purpose. This also feels just hot and not icy. Right. Didn't go on cool. There's icy no, to dull the pain. Right. Hot to. Hot to relax it away. Yeah. Peter doesn't even know his commercials. Come on. I knew part of it. So <laughs> I, I feel like maybe I would buy one under extreme sporting circumstances. Yeah. That's my answer. Kevin? I just can't really see myself using any of them. Like for, for the reasons we're talking about. I don't have a trainer that's going to rub it on me. And <laughs> You could probably pay somebody. I, you could, yeah. Excuse you me, can I just hire you for yeah. uh, training in the gym? Yeah, but like riding my bike in the rain doesn't bother me except for my eyes. Running in the rain doesn't really bother me. Right. I don't know. I guess maybe, I mean, maybe the lube for a long race. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. So I'm going to miss all of you guys Everybody. in our antics. Aww. We'll yes. still do the podcast. Remember when Jade Flint <laughs> jumped on the table on I this do. podcast? I do. That was pretty great. That was a good one. Oh, in the, in the rubber band suit. Yeah. I missed that one. And it made a pretty funny sound. My we fingers feel head. tingly, you guys. I don't feel on my hands that much. My legs pretty hot, though. Yeah. Old hot legs. <laughs> hot legs, stoop <deep> sick. <laughs> That's our show, y'all. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Brandcasters, Inc. at www.brandcastingu.com. We'd like to thank Bettina Warshaw and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about life hacks, projects, science, and technology, check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening. <laughs>